I don't even know if the point of being human is to be healed 100% or to be perfect or to constantly be happy. Yeah. The hero is half God, half human. And the, and the God part gave him his strength, but the human, the imperfection, the quote unquote weakness of a human mm -hmm. gave him his ability to connect and empathy. How's it going everyone? Tom here from Dad Strong with another episode of the Dad Strong podcast. Hope you guys have all had a great start to your week. Hope you guys have had a good day. As usual, I'm totally knackered at the end of basically every day. I think this fatherhood thing and especially when you have four and you're a teacher uh, having being surrounded by kids all day uh, ranging from one years all the way to 12, 13 years is uh, a little bit taxing sometimes but uh, it's all part of the the fun and games and uh, why we do this and obviously we love being dads and I think you can agree that this podcast and what we're doing in general on Instagram or wherever we are going to do things including our community that's on the horizon is all about putting family first and not just saying it but really putting being fathers and husbands in the core of our values in the core of our lives and then seeing what flows from that I think when you do that you see that you will develop a strong body you will develop a strong mind and you'll work on your character and all those things in life that you need to do uh, making sure that you provide for your family that you're a good leader or follow on from that if that is your motivation and I've definitely found that to be true for myself but anyway I don't want to blab too much onto my show today which I recorded at 5 20 this morning with Aaron Quinn uh, Aaron is a career firefighter who has been in the job for 19 years in Oakland California in addition to being a firefighter he is also a head of physical training for all new recruits classes having trained over 50 percent of his department Aaron is also a Wim Hof instructor, BJJ Brown Belt, and a former CrossFit Level 1 instructor. But most importantly, he is the father of three and happily married. In today's show, Aaron tells us about the challenges and opportunities of firefighting and how they add a unique lens on being a dad. Aaron has gone for long chunks of time. Uh, he has to deal with regular trauma and the consistent sleep deprivation, which I can at least uh, identify with the last one there. He also deals with having to reintegrate into normal family life after witnessing a myriad of horrors and dealing with the physical and mental stress of working in often extremely high-pressure situations. Uh, Aaron and I have a really meaningful and thought-provoking conversation as we delve into his experiences and what he has learned from them as a man, a father, and a husband. And I'm, I'm really privileged to have had him share these with me this morning and to have been able to glean much wisdom from our conversation and I hope you guys will as well. So over to my conversation with Aaron. So a bright and early, actually, I don't know if it's so bright. Actually, it's totally dark outside. Uh, morning to you, Aaron. How's it going? It's going good. It's nighttime for me, but I feel you, brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm used to getting up at five, but then every now and then uh, you end up with that sleep where you kind of feel like you've been waking up the whole night. I don't know if you've ever had that before. All, all the time. <laughs> I think it's like residual from raising twins, you know, from my twins, yeah. my kids being small and basically never being asleep in my in their first year. But anyways, um, how's it going over your side in Oakland, California? It's going good. Mm. What's it like there, man? I've actually, it's interesting because I just read um, Jack London's biography. Actually, you're aware that that's where he's, that's. He, I'm sure you're aware that that's where. He, yeah. Where yeah. He, he got up to all his tricks and wrote his novels. And, stuff is that quite yeah. um, prominent in the um law of oakland yeah it is we have a entire waterfront called jack london square and okay. uh, they, they actually have supposedly his old cabin that they've brought down from alaska yeah and they have a bar there it's famous bar it's supposedly the oldest bar in oakland and it's where he used to drink and write uh, when he was oh, in wow. oakland yeah so it's definitely part of the lore and part of the uh 
I guess, identity of what Oakland is. Mm, yeah, I definitely got to make, I mean, I've never been to the States yet, but if I do come, I definitely want to come visit there. I mean, it was quite a, it's quite amazing to think of what he did in 39 years. When you read his, when you read that biography, it's by Earl Labor. It's called um, An American Life. I recommend it to any guys that uh, want to have a good read. It's uh, it's not as long as it looks. It's got a lot of stuff at the back, but just um, the life that he lived in 39 years. And when you read about what he's doing, it sounds like someone who's like 50, 60. Meanwhile, he's like 30. It's amazing, huh? I don't know if it was like that more for men of those days. I suppose you do get guys now that are starting startups and making millions at a young age as well, maybe a modern equivalent. But to think that he was writing and traveling, at, I mean, when you read that he was actually 15, 16 when he was getting out as a tramp, I think it was his teens even, and just getting out and getting in fights and uh, oyster oyster catching and then being the police uh, to catch the oyster catchers. <sighs> oyster thieves, uh, it was quite amazing. Yeah, I think history tends to remember the people like that, the people who are outliers who break molds early on. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because um, as, as you probably followed on the podcast and have seen or the, 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 the kind of direction that this has gone is that I've realized that being prominent and obviously making a mark like that is good. But when you look deeper into his life with his kids, he was a really terrible father. And yeah. Quite a common, um, common thing among successful men whether you take and no disrespect to these guys because obviously the world needed them at certain times but you take winston churchill theodore roosevelt you can take nelson mandela john f kennedy the the prominence that their children played in their life was quite small and therefore you know to actually find that you want to use the word balance or integration or whatever to find that ability to really do something amazingly well um, and then really make a massive success out of something usually looks like it comes at the um, expense of of children often. Uh, yeah, I would tend to agree. It seems it seems that way. I think also you, you can't uh, divorce that time. And, and during that, those times, everybody had kids. That was what, that was what ex it was expected of you. I think oh, yeah. and now, and now in these times, it's a little more accepted if you want to be, quote unquote, you know, married or raising your career. That's a that's a little more accepted. Um, so hopefully, people can see that that's their primary responsibility mm -hmm. is maybe in the, in this world in this time is to have those life-changing you know world-changing things and not necessarily to raise a family um, but i yeah. do hear you it's a hard one for me to, to reconcile as well i think it's hard for any of us because i think in a lot of our guys especially guys that are go-getters and wanting to make a mark in the world to kind of manage that is quite a, a delicate thing you know and i think especially when you're younger i think getting a little bit older for me and having four kids and being a teacher and this podcast was quite interesting because and maybe it's the same with you with firefighting uh it's kind of you just start realizing that you just want to get onto the next thing the whole time because there's almost like this innate evolutionary drive to just explore and for, for some of us and we have to just be aware of that 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 then leads to um or can lead to then neglecting your family or, or not being satisfied by your family and for me and we can get onto you and your family for me i just find myself becoming more and more satisfied being a dad and more and more content as that being kind of my my mission and so to make that more the goal instead of like the side project to my great podcast or to my great movement or making money in a certain way or writing a next novel because i write as well i think that's what we have to do and one of my mates uh, taylor was just saying you know if you put fatherhood in the middle and you strive because a lot of guys talk about balance right and they say you can't achieve balance you really got to go hard in something but for me if you really go hard in a 
refer to commas as being a dad and a husband. And then you see what else happens. I think that's the way to go. I think that it's not a sideshow anymore. And I think in the world today, I think just watching your news and politics and what's happening with young people today, being a dad and a, a father to raise strong, independent um, kids that can, that can withstand hardship is a very good, important thing. Absolutely. And I think being a parent is probably one of the greatest tasks that anyone will have. You talked about being excited and exploring and kind of that mindset, but you can be excited and explore what it means to be a father. Like you said, that central core piece, right? And if, if that's what you become deeply passionate about, um, then I think that's that will yield the independent, free, free-minded kids that people want. Mm. Do you find that... Um your kids are a motivation to really show up better in your job and to obviously branch out and become better at many different things because as a father to just be good at one thing, really good at one thing or really good at two things, I don't really think serves. I think a good father is generally maybe a jack of all trades, master of none, or maybe master of one, maybe. Uh, I think the thing where kids play into that is I, I really believe it's important to be excited about who your kids are is as individuals and, and help them achieve who they want to become. So my kid comes to me and says, Hey, I want to learn how to play piano. Guess what? I I can't tell the difference between any notes whatsoever. I I have zero, uh, uh, zero uh, musical talent whatsoever. Um, But I need to figure out a way to help my son do that. Right. I need to find the teacher. I need to, I need to figure out what, what, what practice he should do. And so to your point, you know, you become a jack of all trades in service of your kids um, because that's your job, right? Mm. Yeah, but I think it's interesting what you say there in being excited because it is true, right? You know, our kids are different people and often we'll be, you know, we'll talk about what you're into. Um, but let's talk about me first. No, just kidding. Um, but <laughs> I love mountain biking. I love getting outdoors and I love certain things. And, and yes, my kids are picking them up, but when they don't pick them up, then develop these uh, these passions or these things that they love. Um, like my son's into this world of Warcraft. I'm divorced from their mom, the twins' mom, and he plays that there. And I can't help just like being like annoyed about that and, and like trying to brock it down. And that's not even a good example, but it's to make is to get excited about things we're not excited about and support yeah. their passions, even though it's nothing like our passion. And and I'm I, I find that hard because of being an outdoors person and a mountain biker and a you know, a surfer back in South Africa and I love reading and, you know, they, I have my things and I kind of put those onto my kids. And then I have to be aware. I think we as dads maybe have to be aware that we also can get excited about, like you say, you're not musical at all. Um, yeah. You're good at something or not interested at all. It's something my sons and daughter do, but I need to get that ego out the way to actually go, well, let me put that. And that's, I think that's a great point that you make because I think us as dads, need to put our ego away and maybe our own endeavors away to recognize sometimes our child's passion and their interest and to support them. And that takes time and effort, right? Because if your son's going to play piano or whatever, um, you got to get those lessons paid for. you got to get those kid to the lessons. Um, you got to then hear those wonderful piano notes in the beginning of the learning upstairs. So, you know, it's interesting. Let's yeah, I think. Two, it, oh, sorry, man. Carry on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just one last point in that. It's kind of a two-way street, you know. I think if you show your kids you're excited about who they are, then they in turn can understand to be excited about who you are. You know, I love to get uh, out. 
you know, I love to get out and hike too. My kids aren't big hikers, but I'm like, Hey, guess what? We're going to go walk the dog and we're going to go out and hit this trail for, you know, two hours. And when we get back, we'll play some video games. We'll knock down some piano. We'll do some arts and crafts. We'll, we'll, you know, do some beads and, 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 uh, you know, we'll figure out what each other likes and we'll experience that. Um, I think when they see you excited about them, then they can understand, Oh, cool. Now that's what it means to be excited about something else. Mm. something else's passion right mm. it's a side note but no no that's yeah. cool man but i think it's yeah. it's just such a it's such a dance for me and it's always such a being present and being aware i think is so important and intentional and like how we are as dads because i think like we can just take things in 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 a wrong direction and there's just so many you know what i mean there's so many like nuances to this thing like do you train your child because you've noticed a talented swimming do you do you hang up pictures of michael phelps in their bedroom and really them in that or do you go hang on actually that is not the best life for a child it's not the best life to just train day in and day out and and do that and, and a lot of dads want that to happen now telling the difference if a kid is ready for that or you really want that greatness for your kid but also understanding like we talk about jack london and we talk about anybody um there's always a sacrifice there's always something to pay for becoming the best in your field at something it's not like you look at these guys and go well that was easy and their life is amazing because even though they have prominence and they might be the greatest Olympian on earth it doesn't come without a cost and so I think it's just important to be very aware and very sensitive to where our kids are going and what is best for their soul and their heart and I think as a dad it's hard to do that because a lot of dads are not like that we're not really emotional we're not really in touch with that kind of side we are just like brash and we want to just throw them around and make fires and you know push them and go come on and stand on the sidelines and 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 will them to win the race or you know and I find I don't know do you find it hard to sometimes step back and and just enjoy the things or um is that easy because sometimes i find it hard like i watch my little boy play football he's four years old like soccer and with his first like games and i was like and he he didn't really want to play after a couple of games because he's four and he doesn't really know what's up and i was like on the sideline getting all like a little bit riled up you know how do you find it <laughs> uh yeah it's difficult you know it's it, it's it, it's a challenge um to be able to to step back um, and, and, but I think there's a place for it too. I think it's how we talk to our kids, right? You know, your, your kids playing uh, soccer or football and, you know, they want to quit after, after the fourth game. It's like, well, you, you committed to the season and commitment's important and we can reevaluate after the season. Um, but so, so there's, so there's places in there that we have to step in and become parents, right. And teach some of the bigger overarching lessons, uh, that, that are important, but it's not so much about the what what teaches that lesson is the lesson itself that needs to be taught right and and it, but it's hard i mean i i love jujitsu and i've trained, oh, yes. trained for, for for years and i wanted my kids to do it and especially my girls and i was like man my girls should do this this is great for great for girls and um, my middle one did it for a little bit and she's none of the kids like it they they just not drawn to it and that was you know it's a hard pill to swallow and you have to just be like well this is <laughs> <laughs> this is dad's thing. It's not your thing. And I'm, you know, yeah. that's, that's the way it is. Um, it's well, my kids, though. my kids are big time into that. It's funny. Cause I don't do, I don't do jujitsu, but my kids want to do jujitsu really bad. Yeah. I would, do, I would do it as well, but it's one of those time things as well. And I found, um, I, I started to question myself if I just want to do everything in life. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know if I'm one of those people that just can't like, I have to like do like everything. It feels like I need a taste. And so I'm always on this fence about that. Like, should I let my kids be like that or really like direct them? But I think your commitment thing and the overarching lessons and maybe that's the key is really just keeping in, in 
in mind the lessons that kids need to learn and being calm. And that's why for me, I don't know what your temperament is, but I've been quite like a hothead during my life, you know, and learning more and more as I get older and as I'm a father, that being calm and collected and um, at peace inside is a very important thing to achieve because you don't make those decisions well when you are quick to anger or quick to react because you then react immediately to the situation. Oh, they don't want to play. They don't want jujitsu. Like, oh, well, fine, guys. I'm just going to, and then you act like a, I act like a petulant teenager every now and then um, because I feel that same thing instead of going, okay, well, let's be calm. And so for me, becoming more stoic and more calm has then allowed me to then calculate the situation and say, what is best for this child? Yes, it's best for them to be committed. It's not me trying to push them to something. It's me actually trying to teach them the lesson that you started the season. You started this, this uphill on your mountain bike. You're going to finish it all. For instance, my daughter, um, she loves to mountain bike, but she doesn't, if you know what I mean. She knows that when I when it's cold and it's rainy and we want to go out to mountain bike, then all of a sudden she wants to play at home with her little kids. And I'm like, uh, and as long as I just call it and she say, no, you're getting on your bike now and you're coming with us. And she comes and then she has the most insane time on the downhill trails because we do like single track downhills. My kids do them with me. That's awesome. Amazing, which I'm really lucky for. But um, she then has an amazing time and then, I've even videoed her a few times just so I can use the video again and say to her, listen, here, you had an amazing time. Sometimes it costs to have the fun. It costs, you know, so, it, and, and I think some parents would go, okay, fine, don't do that. And then other parents just always be on their case about something. So for me, it's definitely been one of those things of starting to learn the lessons and, and teach the lessons, but be calm in it because sometimes I get annoyed, right? You know, sometimes I want to teach the lesson, but I'm being like, oh, get on, you know, come on, let's go. And instead of going, okay, calm down help her to understand it in, without ego. But let's move on to you and your family and actually talk about your kids and, and um, how many of those you have and yeah. um, your job as a firefighter. And obviously the look yeah. at parenting through the lens of a firefighter is a complete foreign thing for me. But as a jack of all trades, I've always had this desire to become a volunteer firefighter, but I'm pretty sure it's not as dramatic all the time as I'm probably perceiving that the alarm's going to go and I'm run out of the house and start running into houses and stuff immediately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so about me. Uh, so yeah. I this is a, this is a this is a podcast about becoming the best parent you can be or best dad you can be. I'll start there. Um, I have three three kids: a fifteen year old girl, a ten year old girl, and a nine year old boy. Uh, I've been married to my wife for eleven years. Um, her oldest one is not mine, but she's mine, so to speak. Um, uh, see, I've been a firefighter for just about 20 years. I started in 2002, so just shy of 20 years as a firefighter, all in the city of Oakland. The city of Oakland's a pretty urban area. It's pretty busy. We get a fair amount of fires, a fair amount of every other medical type call that you can imagine. Uh, we work 48 hour shifts and that's uh, every, wow. yeah. So we work two, two days on and four days off. So it's 48 okay. hours on and 96 off. And that's if you don't have any extra overtime shifts or mandatory work. So like, for example, I'm going to work tomorrow morning at seven and I'll get off on Friday. So I'm working at 72. Uh, so that obviously creates a certain dynamic at the home. You know, when I'm gone, I'm gone and I'm not coming home. So my wife has to be pretty, pretty independent. Uh, and the kids have to become far more independent than they normally, most kids their age are. They have, to, they have to be pretty self-sufficient when my wife's working they have to be able to make their own lunches and you know help out around the house a lot more uh, so there's a lot of work around that with the kids as far as parenting goes 
Um, a little bit more about myself. Uh, I started, I've been always into athletics, started hardcore athletics when I was 12. I uh, started swimming and playing water polo. And that was pretty much four days a week. I tried five days a week for and games on weekends. And then once I got into high school, that becomes eight days a week, you know, three, three mornings plus all afternoons. And, and in the weekend, I started coaching when I was 14, uh, just little young kids swimming and been coaching ever since. In 2007, I took over the become the head physical trainer for all new recruits in our Oakland Fire Department. I yeah. trained uh, trained about 250 members at, at, at this point, about half our department when they come in and get hired. So I take them through what it means to be a firefighter, how to be physically fit, and how to be a better person. Uh, the first thing I always teach teach the recruits is that better people make better firefighters. So we got to become better people. Mm. And that's been kind of my my life's journey, um, figuring out how to blend firefighting and coaching and parenting all together huh interesting so you these guys what kind of fitness regime is that looking like before you are actually able to join the force and is it there actually a requirement um of a certain physical uh to perform the job yeah so there's a minimum physical requirement it's a state standard test at this point uh when i got hired it was individual cities but they moved to a state standard it's pretty minimal. Um, then when they come in, I get them for an hour to hour and a half every morning from 630 in the morning to about eight in the morning. And we do that Monday through Friday. Uh, the program for probably your audience, the best it could look like would be um, traditional, what people would think of as traditional military style PT mixed with CrossFit yoga and <laughs> meditation. It's probably the best thing. It's pretty much everything I've discovered in through my time that really works well. And like I said, I do a lot of work with them about how to become better people mm -hmm. and how to deal with the mental and physical stresses that the job puts on you. Yeah. And, um, but, but fitness wise, a lot of running, a lot of pushups, a lot of pull-ups, a lot of lifting, um, a lot of twisting and kind of odd torsional strength. Cause we get, you know, that stuff, a lot of heat stress, Mm. A lot of breath, a, a lot of breath control. You know, the the our breath is our breath control is our number one asset. You know, we're we're, we're limited by our work by our bottle. Our you know half hour bottle lasts about twenty minutes if you're really if you're really fit and you're really able to control your breathing. But if you're mm. breathing uncontrollably, you only got about maybe ten minutes. So being able to learn how to work with the bottle on how to breathe is mm. is hugely important for us. That's probably what our fitness looks like. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool because you obviously have a job where I would assume that to be the fittest you can be is probably really important. I mean, it's 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 kind of like the epitome of like a life and death situation. Like basically, for me, if I was a firefighter, I would be making sure that I'm the fittest as hell. You know, I, mean, I, I take care of my health now, but I don't think I would. I don't think I do near as much as you. Do you do you feel that? Do you feel like this is my major responsibility to be, be as fit as possible, so that I mean, having three kids at home and stuff, you don't want that to be. A detriment to any like job you got on yeah i think fitness is huge i mean obviously fitness and wellness and how you take care of your body it's how you're going to show up at work it's how you gonna show up at home um you know it's you you started off the podcast saying that you got a broke had some broken sleep i mean that's that's all the time you know i go to work and and we we may sleep two three hours and that's two days in a row. And I come home and I got it ready to go. It's not like I'm gonna go home, take a nap, right? I got, I got kids, kids and stuff and life and grocery stores to go to and things around the house to fix. 
Um, so all that plays into it, right? And the more fit you are, the more, more mentally sound you are, the better you're able to show up in both places. Mm. And how have you found that the impact of being a firefighter and having those long shifts on, on being a dad and your role as a husband and these kind of things? Uh, well, the long shifts in particular are tough. I mean, when you're, you know, when you're exhausted and tired, it's, it's, it's very hard to be patient. You know, you, you're, you're going to lose your temper. Um, you know, it's things annoy you that shouldn't, shouldn't annoy you. And being able to have enough connection with yourself to understand that it's because you're tired and it's not that actual person. Yeah. You know, kids are only being kids. And then there are times too, when, you know, you make mistakes, you have to apologize. And it, it becomes, it becomes a reality, right? You're like, Hey, I'm sorry. I'm tired. And this is, this is not great. Um, but you know, this is kind of that downside, but the upside is when I'm off, I'm off. There, there is no thousand emails waiting for me. There's no homework. There's no quarter, you know, reports to do. There's no sales. Oh, yeah. to meet. You know, when I'm off the four days I'm off and that's, and, and, you know, I'm, um, I, you know, I'm there for the kids. I take them places. I take them here, I take them to the dentist. You know, I do all this that cook and I do all the things around the house, uh, when, when I'm off. And so that's the flip side. Yeah. I think, I think that's important. I mean, you're just touching on that and I'm writing it down. It's just, um, I think, I think a lot of our jobs come home, you know, and especially this, what I was doing with dad strong, it's something that you've really got to be aware of because it's insidiously, it kind of leaks into every aspect of life and you can end up like looking on your phone at like a certain time and then producing a podcast at a certain way. And that's why I'm up with you at 520 because I made this decision to do the podcast while everyone's asleep because then the next thing is at night and then I lose that time and I'm rushing down from putting exactly. kids to bed. And um, although it's not that comfortable, but I think our jobs can do that as well. And I think as, as you got to be aware that when you are taking on a career and that's for young guys as well, or us who are older to kind of have that switch. Because for me, I, I look at my commute because I, I work about 53 kilometers away from here. I don't know, it's about 30 miles or something away from here, probably about 30 or more miles. And so I drive and one would take it as a negative thing, but it's kind of nice because it's kind of switches the, the role of like, okay, from work to home. And I think that a lot of guys don't switch off. I think a lot of guys come home and I'm a school teacher and I'm thinking about this kid, that kid, the parents, the lesson plan, my colleague, like what's going on? I look at my email. And looking at email is obviously one of those things that then takes you back there. And I think that being able to switch off is massively important. And I think that that probably, like, how does that contribute to your enjoyment as a father? Do you think that you're actually able to go, I'm at work, I'm at home, and now I'm at home? It, it, it's huge. I mean, I don't necessarily want anyone to think that, that, you know, work follows you home no matter who you are. You know, there's, yeah, you know, we have, you know, there's, there's times where in, you know, you have bad calls and those pop up in your head and you got to learn how to deal with those in the moment. And that can be very challenging. Um, but as far as like someone calling you to get some reports or emails done, that's not there. And, 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 and that's, that's, that's huge. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's nice to know that when I'm off and I come back to work, I don't have a mountain of work waiting for me. It's the same level of work, whether I show up, show up there or not. So, so that's, that's huge. It allows me to be able to, to focus on what's going on, you know, that today with the kids mm. cool so like i'm i'm actually really interested in it because you obviously watch yeah fire and you watch all these like you know fire fighter things and then obviously you see things like the world trade center and then you get the reality of, of the sacrifices firefighting can can be like but then so you've got the reality that you do see that there's obviously these moments but then you have the firefighting shows where it looks like the guys are just like going on these insane like uh, missions like every single day what is it actually really like for you in Oakland um, being a firefighter what does the job job look like 
So uh, the job looks, uh, how do I phrase that? Um, so I'll, I'll give you a basic day. Hmm. You show up about seven and about from seven to eight is like change of shift. Eight o'clock is change of shift. So at, at, at seven, at seven fifty-five, we have roll call, which is like the meeting for the day. And the, and the officer lays out the plan of the day. This was going on. This was happening. This is what drills you have to go do. This is where you have to be. And uh, you plan the day out you spend the next about two hours cleaning the firehouse, cleaning the rigs, checking all the gear out, making sure everything's dialed and ready to go. Uh, then we go shopping. You know, we buy our food for the next two days. We do a few drills. We come back, we cook lunch. After lunch, we do some more drills. Then we, then we have about, you know, an hour, hour and a half, usually we call it downtime. People study, people read, people go work out, um, make dinner, uh, clean up from dinner, go to bed, do the same thing again. But at any point in this day, if the call comes in, you're expected to be ready to go in on the rig in, in a minute and a half. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what you're, you know, if you're in the bathroom, you're showered, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You're expected to be ready to go in a minute and a half. And so sometimes we have days where we don't eat until five o'clock at night. Some days we, you know, we're busy. As far as like what our call volume is like, um, we, you go through hot streaks, we will get fires, you know, three, four fires, uh, in the tour, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you'll, 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 you go through blank spots where you're getting no real fires, lots of car accidents, lots of stabbings, lots, yeah. of, lots of shootings, lots of domestic violence, you know, so it's, it's, it's a, in any given day, you can go to work for two days and run maybe 10 calls and none of them be wow. significant. You could walk into work and have a, a tour where you have three, four fires and multiple casualties, you know, incidents. And that's your two days and you got to come home and figure out how to quote unquote, you know, air quotes, people aren't watching, uh, be, be, be normal and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, be, be, be present, even though you're dealing with what you just went through for two days. Yeah. And yeah. how is that dealing with seeing things like you naturally see, you know, I, when I was growing up, I never realized the fire, the fire department was, was actually probably the first responders to accidents very often. And, and, you know, just me driving past a few accidents in my life, I, I haven't wanted to really look and see that. And you actually are heading in there knowing sort of what you to expect, but are then faced with, with carnage. Um, you know, some are harder than others. Uh, calls with kids are always very hard. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, calls with families are tough. Um, but uh, not to sound jaded, but sometimes, you know, you, you kind of, you kind of get used to it. As, mm -hmm. as not, I don't have a better word for it than that. Um, you know, it's, it's some of it's just a part of life, you know? Yeah. Death, death is a natural progression of life. In a lot of ways, uh, death exists in the service of life. And so, you know, we see various aspects of death, some of them being traumatic, some of them being untimely, but it is a part of society. Most people in our society nowadays, especially in, in, first world countries don't mm -hmm. have a lot of connection with death or, or touch or feel or see yeah. or smell death. And so for them, it's very alien. Yeah. I mean, do you find that actually to you to be very down to earth, so to speak, quote unquote, like you say, but also just to really value your life and value your time and, and remind you, I think that your time with your kids is so fleeting, you know, like I lay next to my son the other night and I just realized, every little thing like he is a whether i like it or not and 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 obviously i want him to live a long time and i want to be his dad for a long time 
he's a temporary being. I'm a temporary being. And I think that we don't face that like as going to school. I'm not really facing that that often. I think Corona viruses may be um, reminded people that there are these things out there. Now, no, we, we won't talk about how we really think coronavirus is, but and I should laugh. But um, uh, but you see it every day, you know, or not every day, but you see it so often. Is how, how does that play into your role as really being cognizant of the the press, like how precious time is with your children and your family? Uh, for me personally, it's huge. I mean, I, I try to suck up every minute I can get kiss my kids every time, tell them I love them every time. I mean, I mean nothing's promised. I, you know, I walk out the door, that could be my last time I see the kids. Kids walk out the door, it could be the last time I see them. Um, and, you know, I think, I think, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I really try to value and just appreciate every minute I get with them. Um, I think it definitely gives you a different perspective on, on, what, that, on what that means. And, and, mm-hmm. and also how, how, how fragile life is and how fast it can change. Yeah. Too, you, know, you know, a lot of people don't, don't understand how fast and fragile what, you know, what we think our life is and how fast that can, that can alter. Mm. Yeah. I think it's interesting because on the one hand, you obviously don't want to be obsessed with death and like thinking that it's going to happen at any moment, but at the other day, other side, you don't want to just go through life with this kind of, um, it's it's like this busyness that people get into, you know, with your job and with these things that you endeavor with and with the daily daily grind is that we sometimes just, as dads and as fathers, we become so complacent, is the word, you know, complacent with life and just zooming through it, you know, and I think we don't face it enough. I think guys in, in, in my career, whatever, you don't really see it enough. And, and that's something that I've been incorporating just into my is almost forcing myself to face it a little bit more and just to understand it's there and not in, and, and it's not been a morbid or had a negative effect at all. It's made me in, in, in on the opposite. It's actually made me more loving, more kind, more joyful, more appreciative of stepping out the door every morning. Like I breathe the air in and it's made me like, just even like when I take a sip of water to, to savor that thing, because that is, that is all you've got, you know? And I think that when we have these jobs where we're making money and we're in the office and we're wearing nice suits and we're not seeing it, we then don't become that. I think guys like yourself that have to see that, it definitely, as you said, plays a massive role in you being able to really be aware of that every day. And I think that's a cool message for this podcast to anybody listening is to to get that reality that, you know, you are running, there are men like you and you're not, you know, you're one, in a, a, you're one of like millions all over the world of first responders and firefighters that are running to these situations really often meaning that there's always these things happening. Every moment there's an accident happening. Every moment there's a fire somewhere. And it's just, I've got a wooden house here. <laughs> so we've got smoke alarms and everything. Cause I've been thinking about that, you know, it just takes a spark and there you go. And you have to be really ready for those kind of things. So on the one hand, it, it helps you to really be ready for disaster. It motivates you to go like, okay, what am I going to do? If a fire starts downstairs, cause all our bedrooms are upstairs. What am I going to do? Have I got something around to get everyone out of this house? And then on the other hand, it's like, well, if it, if, if it does happen or something happens to one of my kids, am I emotionally ready to lead the rest of my family? You know what I mean? It's a horrible thing. My son's almost died at the age of two and a half. Like he went to hospital. He had a botched surgery. It was a, it was terrible. He, he's awesome now. He's nine years old and rides mountain bikes and everything. But I've fallen apart completely if that had happened. And then number two, if, if, if something would happen to them, would I be back and go, hey, I used this time. I used the time with them the best of my ability. Cause I think there's one thing losing something and someone or something. And then on the other hand um, is losing someone with regret 
I think has got to almost double that hurt. It's got a huge, you know, I think in some ways too, you know, when, when at the very core of our job, what we're asked to do is we're asked to put our, our, our bodies in harm's way up to including death for people we don't know. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, you know, when I walk out the door tomorrow to go to work for 72 hours, I think I'm going to come home. My wife thinks I'm going to come home, but it's always in the back of everyone's head. My kids, my wife, me, everyone, you know, we, we just had a firefighter die a week ago. Oh, wow. Um, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, he's 40, he was 42. Oh, and, my age. You know, yeah. And so, you know, the, again, it brings the, re, the hard reality that, you know, our job is not kind to our bodies. It's not kind to our health. Um, and this is what we signed up for. It's an honor to do it. I'm happy to do it. But in a family with kids and a wife, it's always in the back of the mind of everyone, you know, is that, you know, we, you know, we had to take these days and make them make them worthwhile because, you know, they might be numbered. And I think you're right. Most people in most jobs don't ever think this. They don't talk about it. They never had a conversation with their wife or their kids about it. Their kids never ask them, what, what happens if you don't come home to work from work tomorrow, dad? You know, they, they never, or why do you have to go? Like, I don't want you to go. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like people never had that conversation with their kids. And so I think these are hard conversations, but um, I do think they build a tight, a tight knit bond um, and a little more appreciation with everybody. Mm. It's interesting, as you mentioned that talking to your wife and your kids, because I was listening to this Art of Manliness podcast on um, Greek tragedies and how this group of theater guys are actually doing, and it's actually amazing. They got it online. I actually need to go look at it. They do all these um, Greek tragedies for military guys, so veterans and their wives and stuff, and how in these Greek tragedies, it's kind of like, um, it's an interactive thing. So they do the play and then they have everyone asking questions and people speak their like stories of like what happened in Afghanistan or Iraq or as a, a wife of a, of a soldier um, and how it is when a guy comes home from, you know, a Navy SEAL comes home from war or whatever. And just how um, those interactions between husbands and wives and what happens with a husband and almost the woman and the men in this play that, um, what is it called? I think it was a age character. I can't remember what it was called, but he was like this Greek soldier that, you know, brought the bodies almost home in, in, in inverted commas, you know, brought the bodies home and never dealt with it. Do you, how do you, I mean, this is quite a, I don't know if it's a personal question or just a deep question is how do you deal with that? So that doesn't bring a barrier. Cause what they found is that obviously brings a barrier between husband and wife. He goes to war and sees people dying and in his head, he's bringing these things home. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he still lives through them. He still has to deal with the trauma. And if he doesn't communicate well or, expresses emotions like men have learned to bottle it up we've learned to like not cry and not to do that and to rather actually just put it to the side but actually deep down inside those things are bottled up and come out when we like you say when we deal with our kids or when we deal with our wife when we're tired or when we're whatever then those things how do you how do you make sure and how can guys make i don't think you can ever make sure but how can guys try and do their best to make sure in jobs like your 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 job and we death and when you're facing death every day come home and separate that aspect of the job because yes you can separate the job with that but actually that part and and still being able to be open and loving and kind and not let that make you hard like evan hafer this other uh, military guy that i follow on instagram was saying you know it makes you like tough and it makes it hard to someone show love yeah i think it's uh i think well twofold uh the first thing is the acknowledgement that you just won't be the same I think, I think this idea of, for me, of coming back to normal, of being normal, of being a civilian, 
or uh, you know the straight world, you know it's, it's not it's not possible. Um, and so there's a acceptance and surrender. I think is a huge piece. You know, you, you, you need to surrender and accept the fact that this is what you, this is a path that life has chosen for you. You chose for life or however you want to look at it. Um, and, and you're not going to be the same. And, you know, you do the best you can to process, to connect, to think about it. Um, and, you know, but there are certain realities, you know, that, you know, how to phrase it. The best way probably for me to tell a, little, a quick little story, and this yeah, is not yeah. my this, this is not my story. This is this this is kind of a story that I heard on a, uh, from another firefighter in uh, Florida, and he talks about this concept of the Garden of Eden, and you know, oftentimes as first responders, military, police, you know, we look at everyone else who lives in this Garden of Eden, right, and they live in this world that that is not what we perceive is a real world. It, it, it's very idyllic. It's very safe. It's very, it's very, you know, comforting like the garden of Eden. And once you take a job like ours, you step out of that garden. And once you come out of that garden, you can never go back in, you know, I will never see the world the way that someone who hasn't done my job can. Um, and you can be angry about that. You can be disgruntled about that, or you can see it as a gift. It's a gift that we give everyone else. It's a gift that, that, that I give. It's a service that I give so that everyone else can live that life. Um, it doesn't mean that I don't have my challenges and it doesn't mean I don't bring it home. I try to do the best I can. Um, and certain times, you know, as, as a dad, you need to say, hey, look, you know, I might need a few extra hours today. You know, I, I need some time, you know, and, and it, takes a strong, it takes a strong woman and a strong partner to be like, hey, you know what? You're kind of off today. What's going on? Mm -hmm. um, and, and you got to have a conversation sometimes and talk it out. Um, but, mm -hmm. um, I think, I think that's probably the, the, the two best pieces of advice I can give is, is, is accepting the fact that you're never going to be the same and understanding that what you do do, what you do see, it's a gift. And I think when you can reframe the trauma that you go through, it helps give it meaning and magnitude. It makes it easier to, to, to deal with that and to show up. Man, I love that. That's awesome. I think that, that you're right. I think that not trying to perfect everything. They're trying to be the perfect man, you know, and sometimes that just that we have trauma. You know, I think it's not even just for firefighting, because as you were speaking about that, I was thinking about my life and other guys' lives who have had trauma. You know, we've all had trauma. If we, and if we don't accept that, that we've had trauma, and then we have to just deal with that, then we keep on pushing it aside and, and trying to be perfect when we actually know, you know what, actually, to feel that way. It's fine to actually be... Um, what's the word grieve a little bit for our past you yeah know? And, and grieve for the situations and accept that and not be hard on ourselves and that's all other danger i see it today it's like almost like we are reaching for the perfection of everything and not actually just understanding like we're human you know i, I come from my job it's just, it's not like firefighting but you know you're fighting for the kids lives and minds and to give hope especially when i taught in south africa i used to teach kids um from the townships as well, you know, kids with no lunch, kids that didn't have food coming to school, get little kids that were involved in gangsters areas, you know, to know that's it. And then just when you get emotionally involved with that, I mean, it's not the same as like bringing home and seeing those kind of things happen, but it's definitely, it's definitely a thing to just start accepting it. And that's really powerful. And that's really cool. I think that, that you shared yeah. that and, and that we start doing this, man. I think from a parenting standpoint, you know, do you want your kids to think that you're perfect? because they're not perfect, you know, and they, and then all of a sudden now they want to role model and idolize something that, that they perceive it. That's not real. 
you know, and so, um, you know, I think showing your imperfection, you know, letting them know these are some things that I deal with. These are some things, you know, some choices, choices I made some choices I didn't make in my life, but I'm, I'm, I'm not perfect. And I deal with this stuff and, and mm. the kids see that and the kids can see that you can still show up and you can still be a parent. Mm. And I think that's, um, it's important for kids to see that, you know, Mm. And I think being of service is just that you touched on that as well, of just how your job is serving other people. And I think um, another friend of mine who died recently, um, Trevor Ter Terrence Mitchell, who I talked about in every podcast, and I always want to give a shout out to him because he was um, one of the guys that I had on the podcast twice. I don't know if you listen to the podcast with him. Um, if you haven't, go check them out. There's two podcasts with him, and one is definitely focused on service and just how much he was motivated to serve other people and how they gave meaning to his life and drove him to be excellent. And I think that that's, that's something that if we are serving other people um, in, in the way that you are doing it, it kind of gives meaning to life and it does, but it does require certain sacrifice, right? It does require certain mental energies and emotional energies that then you can't just deny and, and try and put to one side and say, let's not do that. And so for me, that's very freeing. What you said about accepting is, is it sounds like a simple concept, right? But oh, but it's actually, challenging. <laughs> but actually just accepting. Because the thing is, we want to deal with it. And, and, and in the world today, it's like, firstly, we men, so we want to fix everything, right? And then in the new, the way the world is going, it's like, let's heal ourselves. Let's all get healed. And I'm like, okay, that's right, fine. But let's be honest. Like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be completely healed of the things that have been wrong in my life. And I think that actually just accepting that. And then, like you say, showing up in spite of that, like the hero is going, okay, well, like it's not going to change. It's not going to be perfect. You're never going to completely overcome your childhood or whatever you've been through, but you can and soldier on. Yeah. I think, I think there's a real danger in you touched on, on this concept of healing perfection, uh, happiness, you know, all the time. I think there's a real danger in this stuff because yeah, I don't even know if the point of being human is to be healed 100% or to be perfect or to constantly be happy. happy. Yeah. You know, if you look at the the construct in the archetype of a hero, um, you know, for, especially from the Greek and Romans, the hero was half God, half human. And the, and the God part gave him his strength. But the human, the imperfection, the quote unquote weakness of a human mm -hmm. gave him his ability to connect and empathy. And, and, it, and it was that which gave him his ultimate power to, to help, the, help the people. You know, I, I think, I think it's, you know, when we are hurt and when we, and we, we have gone through trauma and when we have, you know, faced adversity that allows us to connect and, and empathize with people. And, and I think that, that again, is the, it's a reframing of it. You know, mm. if, 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 if I've seen families, and, and, and been there and, and, and seen the tragedy of, of losing a kid, you know, uh, there's a certain amount of connection and empathy that I can have and a certain power that, that, that I can, I can help them heal. Maybe not completely, but I can help offer a few words or just a kind, or just a kind, a, a kind embrace. Right. And if I heal that wound completely, maybe I can't do that. Maybe I lose that ability. Mm. Um, so I think, I think, I think a lot of this is just maybe reframing how we view, um, view, view these things. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they're negatives per se. Yeah, I mean that's that's true, and it kind of brings us back to the point of you know seeing life and death, but not just life and death, positive and negative. Now in life, in inverted commas, once again, is like yeah, you see the the of 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 life and existence, and it's interesting when you watch nature programs. It's not like 
you watch lions killing antelopes and it's like okay well this is normal and you watch the because me and my son we're crazy about this now we watch like nature docus but it really shows you how brutal nature is and whether we like it or not we still are a part of nature and so life is going to be brutal and either you can and i know this maybe sounds sick but i don't mean it in a sick way but it's like it's like you can have a weird enjoyment of the negatives and i'm not talking about like the joker and batman who just wants to see the world burn and like enjoys it but i'm saying there's this the grittiness of life is to accept that and to be take that as part of it. And for me, what I started to do is reframe it as an adventure, that everything is a unique experience that I'm coming up against every time. And it might not be positive and happy for me, but even in that, I can find a strange joy in that I'm alive and that I'm experiencing that. And that is part of the whole dance of life and life and death and reframing it, like you say, reframing these situations into going, well, it's not all about happiness. Cause you're right. I mean, look at the world today. Like Look at young men today who are going through colleges and these like um, liberal arts programs and thinking they need a, need a safe space and need to go hug like a hugging room and a crying room. And it's like, I'm not saying it's bad to let out your feelings and stuff, but we really have this focus on really having um, a utopia almost. And it almost feels like the world is pushing us to go to utopia, but we're moving further. It's actually kind of ironic, right? We're moving, we, we have this new idealistic life that we want to live, all of us where everyone is treated the same and everything is going well and, and every race and every culture is, has the same opportunities and same outcome. And at the same time, we seem to be moving further away from that because we're giving um, ourselves more opportunities to be angry. It's, and instead of being angry about it, we can face life and, and say, well, this is just the reality of it and not put the, like you said, not put the negative label on everything and go, well, this is not negative for me. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I mean, I think it's a lot of that. I mean, you, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better than that. I think it's just, it's... <laughs> yeah, it's just that it is. And you know, when, when I just think we all have lives and, and, and you can't change certain things and, 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 and fighting things that aren't worth fighting against. There's no real point. You someone's just got to accept and carry on and, and soldier on. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a cool conversation, man. It's been definitely, I love these because I, it at all and um then it just kind of flows but um yeah what is your you what is your plans to do anything to do with this father or firefighters things um apart from just doing the job and stuff or are you pretty happy and satisfied just being a firefighter and training these guys and being the best dad you can be no i mean that's 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 man my main my mainstay there um i have a instagram live serve thrive and i have a oh, website yeah, yeah. that's uh that's that's the live surf thrive is mostly geared towards firefighters mostly geared towards you know how to live live your best life and function um and be good at home and be good at the, at the fire service mm -hmm. um and that's kind of that's kind of where I'm, I'm gearing towards um this is this is this podcast is um way out left field for me because usually i i don't talk about my my family or kids very much yeah, yeah. I, I don't post about them much on social media um so, so it's, it's kind of feeling this out a little bit and seeing if there's mm. a place where I feel comfortable doing that. Mm. Um, so I, so I actually really enjoyed, you know, talking about, the, <laughs> talk, talk, talk about my family a little bit, um, for sure. Well, I think it's important to, to connect and to talk, but I like why I asked that question is I think, like I said to you, and it's kind of like the little thing that I'm banging on about. So maybe you guys are getting sick of hearing, you know, you being a firefighter and being a father, that's enough, bro. And, and, and when you do those things well and you serve other people well, you don't need to be world-renowned anything. You don't need to have status, the approval of other people, the money that comes from, you know, striving after something more, you know. And for me, 
realizing that I'm a teacher, like how, because I was almost downplaying that a little bit, you know, I'm just a teacher, I go to work and I come home, or the nine to fiver, or, you know, the guy that just does the job and isn't well known about it, that like these days, it's almost like we have to be hustling and grinding and doing something else. And when I started realizing, no, like my job as a teacher was, was my dream. You know, when I was like a younger, that was my dream. Then I get my dream. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I've been doing my dream now for not even realizing it's my dream anymore. It's just, oh, I've been doing this job as a teacher for 15 years. I need to do something else um, to feel significant. And I think that it's important for us to know what is right for us as an individual and what is right for our families. And is it right for our families if we have to now go make our mark on the world? And I'm not saying you can't make your mark or that I don't want to make a mark on lives. But for me, number one is my kids and my wife. And then number two needs to be the way that I provide for them. And then maybe the mark I make in my job. And I think you make a massive difference to other people's lives anyway kind of the message that I just want guys to have and why I love to have guys like you on the podcast and I have had guys that are well known on the podcast and I've enjoyed those conversations but I've enjoyed the conversations with guys that are more like myself just as much and I think it's so important for guys to hear conversations of how much you've been thinking about being a dad and, and how that experience is in real life because most of us are like that you know going out every day and trying to be better for other people and being better for our family and not uh, living a life in the spotlight, you know, or living a life with millions in the bank. And, and quite frankly, I'm not really that interested in it anymore. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, I think we, in this time, day and age, we forget that uh, history is also written by the working class and the, the people <laughs> who, like sh that. who show up, show up every day and, 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 and do the, do the quiet work that no one notices. Um, so I think you're hundred percent spot on. I mean, teachers is a great example. I mean, they should get paid what we get paid. <laughs> it's the most important, you know, it's the most important job there is. It's, you yeah, know, yeah. but, but uh, I don't know how it is where you are, but teachers here, we talk about how much we love them, but we should don't take care of them like we love them. Yeah, I know. Well, it's okay. I mean, I work at a private school, but I, you know, I, it's funny for me because I used to earn like peanuts in South Africa, but I was teaching kids that really needed you know, to, to make a, you know, make a change or come out of walls. And I get, even, I get Facebook messages from kids that are 23 years old now. And I taught them like 15 years ago and telling me about the impact I had in their lives. And that's like gold bro, compared to, I make a lot of money now, but I work at a private school and I'm trying to get my passion as high as it was, you know, I'm trying to like, but I don't think it'll ever be that way because of, you know, it's like you in a, a building, uh, a burning building and someone's at the top, you like are motivated to go and save that person and get them. Whereas, you know, someone who's like standing at the front door, they can just be let out, you know, easily. And I think that for me, it's just, like you say, realizing the significance that you play and, and that, um, Money isn't everything, but we do, we do all right here. But I love the way you said that, you know, just doing the quiet work and, and, and history was built around, you know, the everyday people that go out and do their jobs. And I think the world can see that someone's for me, that's more heroic and more impressive. And that's what I want to put out in this podcast is that being, being an awesome dad and being a committed husband and doing that with presence and with awareness and intentionality and with great love is the, for me is the greatest achievement in life. It's bigger than anybody on Instagram is doing or anything that anybody is doing is being a great father and husband. I don't think that it's given enough kudos these days. And I think that doing that and maybe saying no to other things because we feel the drive and we have to go and, you know, get something for ourselves. 
I think it's pretty much a, a great achievement. So kudos to you and thanks for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you. Hopefully we keep connected. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Thank you very much. So that wraps up my conversation with Aaron. Really stoked to have had that one this morning. Got up this morning feeling very tired. And after the conversation, I definitely had been revitalized and really motivated to get after the day. I'm not just saying that I really learned a few things and really made me think as I was talking to him, really think about how I approach fatherhood, how I approach life and how much I nearly really need to grab the bull by the horns and life by the horns every day and really make it worth every second you know make every second count as i uh be the father and the husband that i want to be or work towards being that at least and i think that's all we can do is try to be better every day there's really no end game there's no uh, final results or trophy that we're going to achieve uh we're never going to get there in inverted commas but we can try to be better every day and to be the best version of ourselves so guys i hope you got as much as i did out of that show as i've said before please share this podcast with as many dads as you can leave us a rating review connect with me on instagram and look out for our online community that'll be off all other social media platforms which i'm pretty excited about we already got that going with some awesome past guests and some other guys so happy about that remember to keep working on the strong minds developing the strong bodies and developing that strong character as we learn to love our families more actively lead more effectively and leave that legacy so until next time guys stay dead strong <laughs>